there. We're so glad you tuned in today. We would love to hear how God is using this podcast to encourage you. You can do so by visiting our website at wearefreedomlife.com. Welcome to Freedom. How many of you guys, when you were kids, um, you played a game called tag? Anybody ever played tag? Do you remember as a kid, you ever played tag? And so I remember as a kid, uh, the big thing was running and chasing, and, and, and we would play that, you know, tag, you're it, tag, you're it kind of thing. And one of the, you know, one of the biggest things that, that that was, first of all, was a great way to, like, chase for me, like, to just get to run. I just like to run. When I was a kid, I don't know if you figured this out, but I'm not, uh, I wasn't the tallest kid. So, like... There's a lot of different things I, 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 you know, I chose not to do in my life, even though the NBA really wanted me. Um, you didn't need to laugh that loud. Um, I've always loved to run. That was one of those things. So tag was one of the things I loved to do. But one of the things about tag was uh, when you were it, how many of you were it and you were like, I don't even know what it is, but you don't want to be that. Right? You were it, but you don't know what it means, because I don't know, maybe you have cooties. I don't know. But you know what I'm talking about? So one of the things about a tag was that you would turn around, and you would be at the base, and then everybody, you know, and then so uh, you would turn around, and be, right before you turn around, you go, ready or not, here I come. Come on. Ready or not. Right? That, once they, that person said that, right, you knew that whether you were ready or not, that they would be coming. Right, And that statement puts you on notice. I want to serve notice that I'm coming. Ready or not, here I come, right? And that was that statement. That, and so as I was thinking about that, as, we would, as we've been talking about this revelation, and this is the final part of the series here because we want to we wanna kind of let that go into our Wednesday nights, but I want to talk about something that, uh, that, that really stood out was ready or not, here I come, and I believe that Jesus, in a lot of ways, one day will say, ready or not, here I come. I want to talk to you about the return of the king. You see, Jesus and his second coming is one of the highlights of the Bible, one of the highlights of the book of Revelation, one of the highlights of our faith. Why? We've been talking about the first week. For those of you that have been following our series, you can, if you have not, you can go online and you can, um, you can take a look at the series. We, the first part of the series of Revelation, we were talking about the rapture and how the church will be taken up. Those who are obedient walk with Jesus. Those who have followed him, accepted him, and loved him with their lives, not just their lips. Come on, somebody. A lot of people love Jesus with their lips, but their hearts are far from him. The rapture is that point where the believers were taken up to be with Jesus in an instant. Then in the twinkling of an eye, boom, we're with him. That's the first part of the series, right? And then we talked about the tribulation. Last week, we talked about the tribulation and the seven-year period in which the earth will go through all these different things, and they will go through the trumpets and the bowls and the seals and the 777 and all these different things that are happening. And how many of you uh, were here last week and you saw the altar filled with people saying, you know what, I want to get right with God. That's an amazing opportunity. But then something else is going to happen after that tribulation. The body of Christ will be with Jesus 
We will already be in the rapture. We will already be with him. The tribulation will happen upon the earth for seven years. And after that seven years is over, there will be, there's something that's going to take place that will change the course of human history. Jesus Christ will crack the eastern sky and return for his second coming. Now it is at that point where the world will know that there is something bigger than them. We as believers know that there is someone bigger than us today, yes? We know this, but why is it so hard for us to declare this? Because the world is holding us out in its hand, not knowing. Some of them don't know that they're doing this. But they're holding us out in the arm stretch hand saying, don't tell me about your religion. And many of us back off because we say, well, we don't want to put pressure on people. Well, listen, I hear that you don't want to hear me, but I love you too much not to, not to, to not tell you. I got to tell you something. He's coming back again. Come on, somebody. He's coming back again. Like it, love it, or leave it. He's coming back again. So as I talk this morning about the return of our king, I want to I talk to you about Mark 13. So turn there if you would. Ready or not. The message is titled, The Return of the King, Ready or Not. Here he comes as we turn to Mark 13. Mark 13, we talk about the signs of the end of the age. We talked about signs, we talked about things, and we also talked about how there are people that swear they know the day and the hour. We know that one thing is for sure, there are a lot of people that say things that are untrue, yes? Mark 13 is very clear. We're going to look at 28 through 37, and I'm going to ask you to follow along with me. I make no apologies for reading the Word of God. I want to tell you here at Freedom Life Church, we believe that A, you carry a Bible, B, you read it. Right? And so I never make an apology for reading the Word of God. If I have a long text, take it up with Jesus. He wrote it. Or at least inspired it. Let's move on. Mark 13. Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as, it, as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Come on, Lord. Jesus, come or summer, one of you two. Verse 29, even so, when you see these things happening, you know that it is near, right at the door. Truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. That's good stuff right there. That'll preach. I can preach that passage right there. This world will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Let's, let's read on. Verse 32. But about that day or hour, no one knows. No one. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard. Be alert. Be on guard. Be alert. Be on guard, be alert. You do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servants in charge, each with their assigned task, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Talk about the ultimate usher duty right there. Keep watch. 
Therefore, keep watch because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back, whether in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, say it with me, watch, watch. I remember a long time ago, my wife and I were watching a, a movie called While You Were Sleeping, and a guy goes into like this coma or whatever, and, and, uh, and she makes up this story, and a lot of things happen while he's sleeping, and he wakes up, he's like, really, that's what happened? That's, oh, okay, well, that's what, I'm afraid that that picture is the church sometimes. That we find ourselves sleeping, and when we wake up, we have no clue what is happening. We have no understanding as to what is happening around us. And there are some people that are coming back to the church and coming back to Jesus and they're going, what's happening? What's happening? And God is saying, there's been so much happening, but you've been sleeping. You've been missing it. And I'm telling you, church, we cannot be the body if we don't have ears to hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And I felt so strongly, and I said this to you weeks ago, and I'll say it again this morning. Weeks ago, I came to the understanding that it was time to release this series, release this opportunity, and, and it felt so strongly that us as a church and anyone listening online, whether via podcast or video, you need to know he's coming back again. Get your heart right with God. Get your life right with God and stop making excuses for not being with his people. Stop making excuses for not reading his word. There are more opportunities to read the word of God now or even have the word being read to you than ever in human history. You can download a free app and it'll read the Bible to you. Don't tell me you don't have time to get the word in you. Listen, I... Understand that my tone is frustration with the enemy, not with you. I'm frustrated that many churches and people have given up on the word of God. That the word of God will never pass away. So why do we hold on to the things that are temporal and give up the things that are eternal? He's coming back. And the last word that he says in Mark here in this passage I just read, he said it three times, but the last word he says is what? Watch. I have a lot of people that I know that have walked away from God and people have walked away from the faith. I'm just discouraged. I don't know what I believe anymore. Can I tell you something? We need to pray, church. We need to pray. We had 24, record 24 men yesterday morning at this breakfast. And we sat there and we had some amazing breakfast, an amazing cook team. Uh, and Jason, man, killed it, as he always does. And, and Al helping out. And we cooked this breakfast and we had this breakfast and all this stuff. And then we sat and we talked. And I looked around the room as men shared their hearts with each other. And it just excited me because what if the church woke up? What if the men what if the men what if the men 
grabbed their mantle and said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's not to say that women and mothers, you hear my heart. There's something about men who grab the mantle and say, follow me. There's something about men who come to Jesus. And the last word spoken in this text was watch. Watch. Why? Because this generation needs to know that there are going to be things that want to get your attention. There are things that that will cause you not to be on guard or alert. Are you hearing me today? We find Jesus here in this passage. Turn me down just a hair, guys. I got a little bit of feedback. So we... Here we find Jesus telling his men that there will be a day when he will come again. That that day will arrive when people are ready or not. You hear me? Jesus will come back ready or not. And this chapter begins with the disciples asking Jesus about the end times. Because they were curious too. How many like to read about and study the end times? Come on, talk to me. Okay, let's be, let's be real and honest. Hands up. How many of you are scared to death about the end times? When you read it, you think about it, you're like, oh my goodness. First of all, am I ready? I have a hard enough time spelling Revelation, let alone live it. Right? I mean, come on. Like, I can't grasp all these bowls and trumpets and seals and lampstands and stars so many listen the word of god will make itself if you ask the holy spirit show me and be diligent and get in prayer and get to a bible study and sit down and read it let the holy spirit begin to show you because he doesn't want to hide everything from you there are some things that he will keep to himself but there are things he will reveal to you hello how many know he wants to reveal stuff to you the question is not whether he wants to reveal the question is do we want to hear it so Jesus spends the rest of this chapter answering questions to the disciples yes you yes you in the front with the with the with the with the fish net you right there with the taxes in your hands from the people you collected it from you you you're the physician yes you what do you have what, what, what do you, what's your question he's fielding questions like a press secretary and they start asking because they, they had their own skeptical things. And listen, if you walked in here and you're a skeptic, if you walked in here and you're a doubter, if you walked in here and you call yourself agnostic, you, you kind of like, ah, I'm not entirely sure. Maybe you're listening and you're not even sure that the Bible is authentic and you heard all these professors tell you things. Can I tell you something? Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Give it time. I'm telling you that. I don't want to wait till I'm made to bow my knee. I will bow my knee right now. Lord Jesus, rescue me from me. How many ever prayed a prayer like that? Rescue me from me. I get through, if I can get past the mentality of that this is that and that is this. and If I can get past some of the thinking that I have, I can just focus on your word. I need to get it right. I need to get my life right. Jesus is coming, skeptic or not. Doubt it or not, I can't deny this. He came once. History will tell us that. Yes? I mean, the Muslims knew that Jesus came. Gandhi knew that Jesus came. 
Everyone that lived during Jesus' time knew Jesus came. But the the sharp contrast between his first coming, there could be no dramatic, more dramatic difference between his first coming, come on somebody, and his second coming. Let me tell you why. I'm glad you asked. What's the difference, Pastor Tony? I'm going to tell you. In his first coming, he was wrapped in swaddling clothes. In his second coming, he will be clothed with royalty, dipped in blood. In his first coming, he was surrounded by cattle and common people. In his second coming, he will be accompanied by massive armies of heaven and believers. In his first coming, the door of the end will close to him, or the door of the end was closed to him. In his second coming, the door of the heavens open, and he will be open to all mankind. Come on, somebody. In his first coming, his voice was as a tiny cry of a baby. In his second coming, his voice will thunder as the sound of many waters. In his first coming, he was the Lamb of God who was bringing salvation to the world. In his second coming, he is the Lion of the tribe of Judah, and he will come bringing judgment, saying, you thought I was? I wasn't. I am, and I am to come. Don't get it twisted, friend. He came once, he's coming again. There are warning signs in the Bible over and over again telling us there are signs. The fig tree, the fig tree begins to blossom. There's a sign. The end is near. Fact. Scholars count 1,845 biblical references to the second coming. That's including 318 in the New Testament. His return is emphasized in no less than 17 Old Testament books and seven out of every 10 chapters in the New Testament. Let me add that the Lord himself referred to his return 21 times. That's second only to the topic of faith. Friend, he's coming back. If he said it, he will do it. How many believe God is a liar? Nope. Nope. Y'all already raise your hand because you're like, I believe. Oh, oh, wait, no, wrong one. I got to keep you. You got to listen to what I'm saying. Don't raise your hand. Come on now. But truthfully, right? Truthfully, if you believe he's coming back again, you got to believe what he said. And if you believe what he said, he's coming back again. Friend, you can bank on it. He's coming back again. And is he okay with just you being a good person? Short answer, no. That's not good enough. I'm a good person. That's nice. Be good. Be good. But my goodness, be holy. Be righteous. And for goodness sake, be forgiven be his because when he comes back he's not coming for good people he's coming for God people and that one old makes a big difference big difference that one old makes a big difference facts those are the facts these verses challenge the world today to be ready 
Because he said, watch. Jesus is coming and you don't want to be found unprepared. So, I want to be very clear because Jesus will come back twice. And I want to make this real clear. The rapture, he will not set foot on the earth. Are you hearing me? And the rapture, he will summon us and we will, we will be caught up like a cloud to the clouds, as a cloud almost. Remember the cloud of witnesses? We talked about that in Revelation this past week. As a many great cloud of witnesses. We will meet him in the air. He will not set foot on this earth. That's very different from his second coming, which will be after the tribulation. And after that tribulation, friend, you don't want to be here during the tribulation. Friend, you do not want to be here during the tribulation. Anything and everything you've ever seen in the movies are a romper room. Come on, somebody. Only old people know when I say romper room what that means. These kids don't understand. They don't know. Right? They don't know this. Young bucks are like, what is romper room? Reading Rainbow. Remember that? Remember Take a look. It's in. No, I won't do it. I won't do it. There's <laughs> a time when he will return. So I want to talk to you a few things. Like a good preacher, I got three points. Here we go. Number one, there are signs of his coming very clearly. Verses 28 to 31, there are signs, and he talks about signs here in Mark 13. It was springtime when Jesus uttered these words and he and his men were sitting on the side of the Mount of Olives. And you look at verse 3. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter, James, and John, Andrew asked him privately, tell us when these things will happen. You ever sat with someone that knew a little bit more than you on a subject and then you just like, can I ask you a question? You're like, let me pick your brain on this. And they're just sitting with Jesus and they're like, what do you... When do you think this will happen? And then he starts to do the Jesus thing where he starts to lay out knowledge and wisdom in a real simple, plain form. And one of the greatest gifts God ever gave me is to be able to be a youth pastor before I could be a senior pastor because it trained me how to break down the text for everybody. And so one of my things that I work very hard on, a, on, a, on a, for a Sunday like this where we have people from all walks of life, all backgrounds, all different, that we can bring the word where everybody understands the word. And Jesus was a genius at this. He was an absolute genius of communication. And he can bring the word of God to anybody and, and anything. And that's how come he didn't want the kids to run away from him. The disciples are like, don't mess with the master, you know. He's an important person. And he's like, chill, Peter. Why are you always high strong? And take him out of the net. You didn't need to put him in a net while they're running at me. I can see Peter like, hold up. I got your back, Messiah. The kids on the net like, ah! Peter, get him out of the net. Let him come to me. Okay, that's not in the scriptures. The net part, I'm just creating a moment, all right? At the very least, it made me made you laugh or that I'm a heretic. But be that as it may, they try to stop the kids and he said, no, bring, let them come to me. Why? Because coming to me is important. He's setting, a, he's setting a tone. Don't ever stop people from coming to me. Why do we have people in the parking lot meeting you? Why do we have people in the foyer meeting you? 
Why, when you walk into the sanctuary after meeting them and them, you still have people meeting you in here? Because we don't want any hindrance of anything to get between you and Jesus. We want to welcome you and get out of the way let Jesus do his thing. What we understand is Jesus is always welcoming people to come to him. And when they came to him and they asked him these questions, he said, there are signs. Look at the fig tree. When it starts to blossom, you see that? And they understood it. He said, that's when the Son of Man's coming. So he goes on to talk about this. See, when a fig tree puts up its leaves, and it's a clear sign that summer's on its way, Jesus, when he saw the people, he, he mentioned these verses because he wanted them to understand that there's going to be a time where things are going to change. They're not going to be what they were. And that'll be your sign. How many could look upon our news and our world today and go, things are not like they were? Right? Friend, listen. Just understand it is a faith fig tree right now. Some faith is withering and some people's faith are blossoming. But it's changing for sure. The season is changing. I sense it in my spirit. I sense it like I never have before. See, there's a tide, there's a turning, there's a changing, and I understand this to be true. And I'm telling you that we are closer than we've ever been before. Jesus is calling his church to holiness. He mentioned several times, do not miss this part. He says this, there will be false messiahs, verse 6, 21 and 22. There will be wars and rumors of wars. Anybody? Anybody? Okay. So false messiahs, check, right? You got notes right now. So false messiahs, check. Rumors, wars and rumors of wars. Yeah, 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 check. Turmoil among the nations. Yeah, is it easy to check that one right there? Check. Persecution of the people of God. Beheadings on television. Some time ago, there were 21 believers on the beachside beheaded for their faith. Just because it's not happening here doesn't mean it's not happening. We need to pray for the persecuted church around the world. Church, look at me. There are people dying, dying for their faith. And people in America are saying, it's too cold in my, in my sanctuary. It's too warm in my sanctuary. We're complaining about the littlest things in this world. And there are people losing their heads, literally, for their faith. And we complain when somebody unfriends us because we said something. Persecution in the American church. Somebody unfollowed me. I lost three followers this week. Well, boo-hoo. There are people losing their lives. And we're worried about followers. Listen, by the end of the time, it doesn't matter how many followers you have, but who you're following that matters. It matters who you're following. The Antichrist will make his way to, to the place. And one of the symbols of the nation will be that the generations will turn on God. And we're seeing that right now. 
I have so much to say, but let me go on. Friend, everything is lining up as Jesus said. The question is, are you ready? Are you ready? The word of God is the eternal book, yes? Psalm 119.89. Every word will stand forever. Isaiah 40, verse 8. Every promise in God's word will be met. Deuteronomy 4.21. Go back and read these verses I'm giving you. Every prophecy will be fulfilled. Matthew 5.18. What does this mean for us? It serves to remind us that we need to take the words of the Lord Jesus Christ seriously and what he promises will happen. Somebody say amen. The word of God declares this plan very simple. Number two, no one knows the day or the hour. No one knows the day or the hour. Jesus is coming back. If you're going to be ready for anything, friend, be ready for the rapture. Be ready for the rapture. Because when he comes back again, he's coming back as judge. He will come in the rapture as savior, but he will come back in his second coming as judge. And he will judge the world. Now listen, I'm not going to go into too many things, but come ask. Let me say, some, some, some people ask, why must the second coming be so secret? Why, why is it that you don't, you don't, we don't know when the day or the hour is? Why is it that there's so many secrets in that? Can I tell you something? I believe that God keeps this a secret because he doesn't want people to get caught up in the end times frenzy. He wants people to get caught up in him. If we knew too much, we do too much. Yes? If you know too much, you try to do too much. And Jesus is like, no, I don't want you to do more than become. Become more like me. And worry about that more than anything else. The fact is God will not put his second coming in a commercial. He will not put out a full page ad in the newspaper. And he will not announce it on Facebook or the radio. He will not drop flyers out of heaven like manna and be like, hey, listen up, seven-day notice. I is coming back because I was and is and is to come. I'm coming back to get your house in order. Seven days. No. The word of God is clear. He's coming. But we don't know the day or the hour. Why? Because we need to, come on, somebody say it. Watch. We need to watch. Third thing is simply this. Right up on your screen, his coming cannot, must not, will not be ignored. This is urgent. This is urgent. He's coming and he cannot be ignored. You try and you may succeed, but at the end of the day, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. The end passage says, watch, watch, appears three times. As I mentioned, Jesus wants his people to be awake and attentive and ready. Come on, come on somebody, you hear me? While the prophecy is primarily for, for the Jews living during the tribulation, this word is here for us as well. Keep watch, keep watch, keep watch. And in the verse 34, Jesus describes himself as a house owner who leaves his business in the hands of his servants. Sometimes I wonder why he left us in charge of his church. Because we sometimes botch it. 
pretty bad, right? How many ever, let's be honest, let's be transparent for a moment, just even for 30 seconds. How many have ever said to yourself, okay, I didn't give a great witness just now? <laughs> you know, you did. You ever been there? You ever felt like you did something and right when you did it, you were like, okay, so I'm not going to mention that in my testimony. <laughs> it would be hugely embarrassing because I should have known better, Right? All of us have a moment in time where we're like, okay, that's going to be left out of my book. You know, that, that book that should be written about your life, simply amazing. That's going to be left out of the book, right? That's hugely embarrassing. I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I thought that. One thing you got to realize, do not ignore the second coming of Jesus. And so we understand this when Jesus saved us here are two thoughts he saved us to go to work for him yeah he saved us to go to work for him we're not saved because of our work let me be very clear we're not saved because we worked we get saved and we say Jesus come into my life and then because we're saved we then now begin to work I have trouble with people that say I came to work and now I'm just going to sit and soak everything God has for me well, you know what happens with a sponge when it's full and it's not reamed out and it's left by itself? It becomes what? Moldy and stanky. Not stinky, stanky. It's worse. It's worse. It's worse. There's stink and then there's stank. Let, let me reiterate. Stink Stank. There's a, there's a physical reaction to stank. No, I have, no, I have children. And they're growing and they don't know their bodies. Shower. Shower! Revival. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Come on, somebody. Revival right over there. It's amazing what's happening right back there over there. Praise God. Shower! Because you went from stink to stank in the twinkling of an eye. It's fast. So you get saved so you can serve, not saved so you can sit and soak and get stank. God says, I, I soak, I allow you to soak so you can ream out somewhere else. So you can get filled, so you can ream out somewhere else. Soak, so you can ream out on somebody else. And what comes out of you matters. That's, how, that's why he's, listen, listen, that's why he's working out your salvation. Working out your stuff. Now listen, salvation is not a process. Salvation is a moment. Sanctification and the fulfillment of God in our lives is a process. That's a process. Salvation comes when you say, Jesus, be Lord of my life. Come into my life. I am a sinner in need of a savior. I need you in my life. I need you in my heart. Boom. God rescues you. Moment. That's what the thief did on the cross. Did he or did he not say, remember me? The other one's like, dude, you're like, 
Master Messiah, right? Get out from, get, come off the cross if you're so good at what you do. And the guy's like, be quiet, loser. I'm being loose with the term. He's like, no, 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 master, remember me. And at that moment, Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. Why? Because it was in that moment he received something and he cried out. Too many people receive and they let it sit. When you receive revelation, you receive a promise, you receive salvation, you should be able to come out and say, I don't understand all of it, but Jesus Christ changed my life. So let me close with this thought. Do you know what the Lord wants you to do with your calling? Because right now, in this room, everybody, if you got a pulse, you have a purpose. Everyone in this room has a call right now in their lives to do something, and it's not to sit. Look at me. It is not to sit. Find what you're supposed to do and do it because the time is short. God forbid I should ever stand before God one day. And he would say, remember this person? You were supposed to talk to them, but you didn't. And that's on me. I don't know how that's going to pan out, but I do know that I, I will stand before God one day for everything that I've done. And so will you. So let's get it straight and out today before it's too late. Amen. Again, I ask, do you know what, you, what the Lord has called you to do? Jesus is coming, child of God. Jesus is coming. So then if you know what the Lord wants you to do, my second question is simply this. Are you doing it? If you're not, this is your chance to get it right. There is much to be done before he cracks that sky again. Look at me. Look at nothing else but me right here, right now. Look at me. The revelation that John received in the island of Patmos. Listen closely. That revelation that was received is a revelation all of us must understand and adhere to. He's coming back. And when he comes back, he will come back as judge. And hear me and hear my heart. I never, ever want to ever use scare tactics. And that's not my, that's not my call today or desire. But I have to preach the truth. And here it is. He's coming back. Ready or not, here he comes. Bow your heads across this room. Father, we are yours children, those that have accepted you as Savior, those that have accepted you as Lord, we are your children. Those that are not have walked away or have decided that they don't know who their Savior is yet. My prayer this morning that every person at the sound of my voice would know who their Savior is. They would recognize who their God is. And today, We recognize you as Savior and Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Let us all embrace that ready or not, you will return again. May the return of the King be the the thought of our heart every day. I want my King to be proud of my life when I stand before him one day. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray. And everybody said.